coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, is the Winifred and Sarah to my Mary. Yeah. You had to do it. Checks out. <laughs> the spooky and scary to my skeletons. <laughs> That's way better. Snort. Hi. Silent John. Hello. <laughs> and Frank couldn't be here today. Dad, can I read you my hi? Dear Spooky, I didn't get the memo. Okay, go ahead. Hi. <laughs> and we are high <laughs> because we smoked marijuana, as we do. Would you call it a Halloween high? Oh, it's definitely a Halloween high. <laughs> I am spooky, scary, stoned right now. <laughs> you just sent shivers down my spine. <laughs> This is going to be a doozy. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are so funny today. What the heck? Oh, man, I'm crying. <laughs> All right, well, don't shed a tear yet because today we are going to be kicking off our third season, technically, because it's spooky season, y'all. Yeah, happy third season, guys. Yeah, this is a, a pretty big milestone for us. I'm I'm very happy to be sitting here with you guys on this third anniversary of, of some sort. Yeah, in case you are joining us just now, our seasons run from spooky season to stoner season, and then stoner season to spooky season. <laughs> Those are the major dates in our lives. Is Halloween and 420 <laughs> our favorite holidays? They're the most wonderful time of the year. 100%. And today we're going to be watching Hocus Pocus 2. I'm very excited for what we have on the slate for all of Spooky Season. And as is tradition, we're going to be watching a Halloween movie at the end of it. With Spooky Season afoot, we've got a big slate of fun ahead of us. We're going to cap it all off with Halloween ends at the end of Halloween ends. <laughs> You're breaking my brain over here. Multiverse. <laughs> the H2O MCU. Dang. Did we, just, did we just crack a pumpkin wide open? Is that what happened? Well, we are definitely cracking that pumpkin open. Because today we're going to be watching Hocus Pocus 2 which is the multiple-year-past sequel to the original Hocus Pocus, which came out, I want to say, what, like 1998, 1997? Yeah. 95, maybe? It, it, I have no idea. <laughs> mid to late 90s, somewhere in there. Somewhere in that blur of mid to late 90s that exists <laughs> in my brain. And I remember Hocus Pocus, like, seeing it as a, a mildly adultish kid, but I think you guys probably, like, watched it when you were, like, little, right? Like, little, little? Because it already existed by that time. Uh, I don't think I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time until, like, maybe, like, five years ago, maybe. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was definitely around when we were kids, but it was one of those movies that just never really got around to watching until kind of recently. I, I don't know when it was, but I never watched it when I was younger. Huh, I would have thought that would have been like a staple movie throughout all of Halloween childhood. It would make sense, but unfortunately not. So was it like the resurgence of it like through internet culture and like the memeiness of it all? Or was it the spirit Halloween? It was definitely the spirit Halloween. It was that, man, all of this Hocus Pocus stuff is everywhere at Spirit, so I guess I have to finally watch this movie now because I've got some, we've got some hot takes about Hocus Pocus and stuff. We'll get into a little bit later, but that's why we watched it, probably. Yeah, when you walk into Spirit Halloween and it's just prominently Hocus Pocus, it's going to pique your interest a little bit and... It, it seemed like one of those things that I'm sure would, would be cool, but for some reason never really popped to me. I, I really don't know why I never gave it a chance, honestly. And that's actually something I did want to talk about with today's episode was the Spirit Halloween effect of everything. Because it seems to me at this point that Spirit Halloween, even though it only exists like, you know, it pops up and then it disappears and then it comes back, you know, like a Halloween movie. And they seem to have a lot of pull, though, in what pop culture is going to be hot because they are literally tying things to Halloween and making them staples of it at this point. Hocus Pocus being the prime example. Yeah, and it's, like you said, it's very, like, pop culture Like, it's it's like a Halloween-themed hot topic is what I feel like Spirit Halloween is. I mean, a prime example is right here next to me. Snort, the shirt you're wearing, the G is for Ghostface shirt. Came from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> I, I would say Hot Topic is the perfect comparison to what Spirit Halloween is, is doing for Halloween. Yeah, and there's a bunch of executives at Spirit Halloween sitting around a board table going, which movie do we want to make the next big nostalgic thing? And you can see it, like, even this year when you go to Spirit Halloween. There's, like, a little Gremlins pile. There's a little bit of Ghostface stuff, and they're trying out to see what people are grabbing at so that they can tie it in next year as they're their big thing because they did that with Beetlejuice about three years ago they started tying Beetlejuice into it which Beetlejuice isn't a Halloween movie for it, it's yeah it's kind of a horror comedy but it's not a Halloween movie yeah like Nightmare Before Christmas that's a, well that's a Halloween and a Christmas movie but <laughs> you don't need to get into that Hocus Pocus is definitely a Halloween movie yeah but Beetlejuice I mean I love Beetlejuice obviously but <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Halloween movie to me. Well, that's the same with The Haunted Mansion for me. So I am a big uh, Haunted Mansion fan. I mean, I like the Eddie Murphy movie because it's like what I like. But I like the ride and I like the lore of Haunted Mansion. So, and they have like a decent sized little section. But it's not really like a Halloween movie at all. It's just like a spooky thing. But okay. I am hoping, if Spirit Halloween is listening to this, that with their new movie coming out, we need to replace the huge area for Hocus Pocus with some Haunted Mansion shit. Get us some more. I feel like your your love and passion for the Haunted Mansion just got me a little riled up. <laughs> yeah, get the Hocus Pocus stuff out. Get the Haunted Mansion stuff in. Yeah, I as well am ready for the rotation. I'm hoping to see some, hopefully, some Evil Dead stuff some army of darkness i think it's got the campiness factor that you can kind of now that you say that i'm 
really surprised that they haven't already leaned into that. That is like the perfect thing for Spirit as well. Yeah, and with Raimi hitting yeah. Doctor Strange and the Pizza Papa becoming the Pizza Papa again. Dang. You know what I would like to see at Spirit too is you don't, you, so every year and stuff, like you always see like the main like horror characters and stuff and horror movies. I'd like to see some of the newer stuff, you know, like a, like a t-shirt for like even a movie like Hereditary or something, you know, or like decory stuff like Hereditary. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Just a telephone pole. <laughs> I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Telephone pole jam spoon for your charcuterie board. <laughs> It sucks because even saying the word telephone pole, I just have one specific image that my mind goes to. It, God, it's so fucked. Ooh. No, you know what we need? We need basically like an A24 horror store. That's what it is. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say is not even just A24. There's a lot of indie horror movies in the past couple yeah. of years that have really been coming out and being excellent. And there's a lot of people who are into a lot of these movies who... It's, a, it's like an even broader audience you will bring to your store if you delve a little bit deeper into what's currently coming out. Yeah, for me, Spirit of Halloween could just get out of the costume business entirely and just do home decor. Yeah. Just <laughs> props, decor. All year you round. Name it, yeah. All year round. It's fine. It's just the hot topic home decor store, essentially. <laughs> right next to at home. <laughs> or World Market or wherever. Yeah, I'd go 100%. Spirit please if you're out there <laughs> yeah and then they then they could just sell you know christmas stuff and they could just call it the holiday spirit could just be holiday spirit <laughs> cater to every every holiday your mind's in the right spot but i want them to stick to halloween only yeah me too well the halloween section just persists throughout the year it, it never goes away it's always spooky season somewhere see i don't know i like having just a halloween hub though because every other store flies through the seasons give me that one year round spooky store yeah, Spirit of Halloween, if you're out there, we want to see you more than just <laughs> two months a year, three months a year. Stick around for a while. Pull up a chair. See how it works out. We'll be there year-round. But I do think that Spirit of Halloween has a lot of pull on what like nostalgia people are exposed to. And you guys, with seeing Hocus Pocus first, after the Spirit Halloweening of it all, are the prime example of that. But that doesn't mean that things are necessarily good. Correct. Because another beef I have with Spirit, as much as I love them, is, okay, so we are much more of a Halloween Town fans than Hocus Pocus. And when there's nothing Halloween Town, when is that nostalgia going to hit at Spirit? Okay, well, judging off of my nostalgia and what that's going through at Spirit currently, and judging by our age gap, you guys can probably foresee Halloween Down coming in about seven to nine years. Great. We got a ways to go. But you know what? I'll, I'll hold out because, yeah, I, this is the hot take is kind of feel like Hocus Pocus is overrated. It's, I don't know, I don't feel like it's a very good movie. I don't put it in my Halloween rotation. It's not a movie I really think about. You know, I, I'm excited to see Hocus Pocus 2 to hopefully see a better version of Hocus Pocus 1, but it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, 
I kind of feel the same. I don't. I maybe it's because we didn't watch it when we were kids, so we don't have that nostalgia with it at all. And I also think it's kind of maybe a generational thing too, is that we had Halloween Town. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I have no idea what Halloween Town is. <sighs> that doesn't exist in my brain at all. Man, you're really missing out. Debbie I'm Reynolds. Pretty sure the same that you don't feel like you were missing out on Hocus Pocus. I was not missing out on Halloween Town, and I am not missing out on Halloween Town now. I'll interject. It's probably not for you, Dan, but I, it just has a soft spot. It, it, it's that damn nostalgia. Yeah, that little serotonin. And, and I'm sure, yeah, watching Hocus Pocus as a kid probably would have helped my opinion uh, lean more in favor of it. But sorry, Halloween Town kind of came and kicked its ass. Well, from a movie standpoint, the first Hocus Pocus, I, I could agree. It's a movie made for kids. And you can't expect a movie made for kids to be viewed through a grown-up lens as generally good. That's a very difficult thing to establish. And that really didn't even start happening in kids' movies until, like, Shrek and, like, the animated movies started coming out that were a little bit dual-sided for both the grown-ups and the kids in the audience. Well, and honestly, that point that you make, Dan, is what gets me excited for Hocus Pocus 2 is you think of the audience they're now making this for is strictly adults. They're banking on that nostalgia yet again. So it feels like maybe they'll get it right this time because it's... It's in a different scope now, you know? And Disney Plus does have a decent track record because the Chippendale thing was awesome. That was fantastic <laughs> all around. That was absolutely amazing. And it had no right to be. But the first Hocus Pocus did have some great things in it. It had Bette Midler, and I fucking love me some Bette Midler no matter what. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing about the movie is Bette Midler. Yeah, I won't deny that. Um, the characters are, are pretty fun. And I'd say the second best thing is Kathy and Jimmy, her performance in the first one. You just have to appreciate it. She's very good in the clumsiness and the facial expressions over the top. And I like me some Kathy and Jimmy also. <laughs> and then you've also got Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Do you not like her as much? I mean, she's Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, that makes sense. But something we did miss out on was that, you know who was up for the role of... Uh, Max, the, the boy in the movie? I th think I might know. It Wasn't Leo? Leo. Yeah. We almost had Leonardo DiCaprio in the first Hocus Pocus. Really? Yep. I think I read that in a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> I don't know if I can picture that. I, I could I, definitely picture it I from know. that age, Leo. It's yeah. young Leo, but I don't know. I really like Leo, too. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the gentleman who played... Billy Butcherson or whatever. Oh, yeah. The guy with the sewed up mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Doug Jones. Yeah, that one I knew. And then after that, Doug Jones proceeded to get very few lines for a number of years. <laughs> he somehow had more lines in the movie where his mouth was sewed up for most of it. But you know what? He does know lines very well. And you get a really, really tiny Thora Birch, who was really, really tiny Thora Birch at that point. And she became... Famous later on with uh, American Beauty, and mm -hmm. she had crazy parents and stage parents. That's a whole story. You gotta, if you don't know anything about Thora Birch, fucking Thora Birch. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's kind of wild. <gasps> oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm, I'll, I'll... That's a deep dive one. And it makes American Beauty even creepier. 100%. Oh. oh, but I did learn one fun thing about Sarah Jessica Parker that I forgot to mention. She actually found out later on. I think, like, you know that show that's on PBS where uh, you learn about your ancestry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She found out she was related to somebody that was executed in the Salem Witch Trials. 
Really? So she was an actual witch. <laughs> I don't know if everybody would think that's cool, but I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, man, I wish I could find out if I had any witch history. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do, 100%. Yeah. I, re- I think in past life I was a witch. There's no doubt. If not current. <laughs> but with the movie that we're watching today... Hocus Pocus 2, it's going to capitalize a lot on the nostalgia factor, I'm sure. It's Disney Plus, so, I mean, this could be a Disney Plus Halloween Town on your left moment. Because doesn't Disney own Halloween Town? Yeah, and I mean, they're witches. What if they open a portal to the Halloween Town? I mean, it's kind of cool, but I'd rather just keep them separate. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't want your Halloween town sullied with fucking Hocus Pocus? No, dude, I get Halloween town pretentious so fast. I apologize. No, I think the, I think Hocus Pocus too. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good. It'll be fun, you know. Will I need to watch it again? Probably not. But I'll be happy to watch it. Yeah, I think it's a good way to kick off spooky season. It is going to be an almost 80-year-old Bette Midler in this movie. No shit, really? 78. Damn. Good for her, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see like what they're going to do with this. Because it's just going to be for me. It's catered to me. That's like I want to see what kind of nostalgia they're going to be trying to patronize my generation with. Are you going to be like our fact checker over there? I'm going to be the one explaining like... <laughs> This is a thing. Very likely. Yeah, because I don't think I ever watched the, the um, trailer for this either. So I have no idea what the plot of this is at all. Going in completely blind, except for seeing Hocus Pocus 1. <laughs> yeah, this movie doesn't feel like you need the trailer. I mean, it's, it's Hocus Pocus. No matter what story or route they go, it's still Hocus Pocus at the end of the day. And I will say, though, especially with Bette Midler being almost 80, the images I've seen from it look fantastic. She definitely does not look that old at all. Yeah, I do have a feeling you guys might like this one a little bit better than the first one because, like we mentioned, the first one was made for kids to watch. This one, I have a feeling, is made for the me's, the adults to watch, and it's okay to show your kids. So this one might have a little bit more stuff that's not so childishly yeah. dumb. Man, a little more dark. All right, guys. Well, are we ready to kick off Spooky Season with the Disney Plus offering of Hocus Pocus 2? We are. Yeah, I'm ready to get my witch on. All right, let's go watch Hocus Pocus 2. Muck, muck, muck. And now, our feature presentation. I found the movie, and Snort and John brought the snacks, and we're back. And we just watched Hocus Pocus 2. All right. So overall, I thought this movie was okay. Like it was better than it had a right to be. There are a couple of things here and there, but we'll get into that as we go through it. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll start by saying that this movie didn't necessarily make me a Hocus Pocus fan. But I did have tons of fun with it. There was a lot of a lot of things that got some laughs out of me. So I'll take that as a small victory. Yeah, I'll agree with both of you guys that, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a Disney offering, so what else can you really yeah. expect? 
It, it was definitely your run-of-the-mill Disney movie. It's exactly what I figured we'd get. Yeah, their average is like a B plus. <laughs> it did start off with a nice little spooky Disney logo, and I hope they do that through all the spooky season. That'll be fun. Yeah, it was a nice little graphic. I really enjoyed that. And something that I really enjoyed was how the movie started like in Salem or whatever, like back in the 16, 17 uh, history. Yeah. I love it when kid actors portray like grown-up actors in roles. <laughs> and that little girl that was playing Bette Midler was just fucking killing it. She was so good. And her two little sisters, they were they were fantastic also, but she was just she embodied Bette Midler to the highest degree. She was made for that role. <laughs> so we got a little Sanderson sisters backstory about how they grew up in Salem and then the, the Reverend Tony Hale came to try to take away the sisters. And when Tony Hale popped up, I was not expecting to see him in this movie. And it just pleased me to no end. Yeah, I gotta say, he was one of my MVPs of this movie. Whether it was old-timey Tony Hale or Mr. Laughs McGee Halloween King Tony Hale. Like, he just chewed the scenery and stole every scene he was in. Yeah, when we moved past the title card and we were in the present time or whatnot. I was like, oh, Tony Hale. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Tony Hale. Yeah, yeah. But Tony Hale's like an evil reverend who's like, you know, doing the witch trial thing. And he tries to take the sisters and they kind of escape into the woods. And they're greeted in the scary, scary woods by the lady from Ted Lasso, whose name escapes me. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but that's the only thing I could place her from. As just a fabulous witch with perfect makeup and she just gives them the powers or whatnot <laughs> and at this point is when you see the book again and i completely forgot about the book all right so full disclosure i haven't seen the original hocus pocus probably since way before you guys just saw hocus pocus. <laughs> it's been an adulthood since hocus pocus probably and i forgot how creepy and like weird this movie was and that kind of brought it all flooding back like the scary book, the scary zombie man. You've got them talking about virgins and sacrifices and they're eating children and... Yeah, and I feel like they kind of, like, played on that whole idea in this movie of, like, how, like, yeah, there was, like, weird stuff in this kid's movie back in the day. Like, they definitely addressed that in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing just plays out like a fucking Alex Jones fucking segment. We got witches in the woods, and they're fucking eating children. And there's gay cats. <laughs> so that was Tony Hale's character pretty much brainwashing everybody. 100%. Yes. Tony Hale was the Alex Jones of the time. <laughs> what, a, what a sad title to have. Poor Tony Hale. And then we get the title card and we cut to like a modern high school thing. And now it's like modern times. So now we're into the actual like movie movie part of it. And immediately we meet the best thing in this fucking movie. <laughs> fucking Mike. Man, does Mike bring this movie alive in the beginning? Mike oh, was God. a fucking gem <laughs> throughout the entire movie. I was literally thinking like, when's Mike going to come back? <laughs> I mean, the, just his introduction dialogue. Sorry I'm late. I had two breakfasts. <laughs> With such confidence and authority. <laughs> like, what, you don't eat two breakfasts? What's wrong with you? Yeah, like after that, anytime he 
came onto the screen, I was excited because you had no idea what he's going to be talking about. <laughs> he's such a wild card in this movie. And they go into a little science class and, you know, you've got the problems with the two main girls and her friend and Mike's girlfriend, Cassie. I only remember her name because she was Mike's girlfriend. I'm impressed that you retained it. <laughs> and Mike sets off the satanic panic in the classroom because there's witches and they get k- kicked out of school for the day early because I... Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. This this whole kind of part of the movie, I didn't really care about as much. Just blame it on Satan. Move on. It's fine. I mean, I do understand. This is the town of Salem. 20, 30 some odd years ago, there was a witch attack in town. So you do need to be kind of like yeah. on edge for that kind of stuff. And after they get kicked out of school, they're on their way to wherever. And they're going through the little like small town carnival. And I was looking at it. I'm like, oh... I wish we had like a small town like Halloween carnival. I'm sure we could find one that's close by. I know some places. Yeah, I feel like there's some some small surrounding cities that might have like fall festivals or, or something like that. Oh, but that's just a fall festival. No, no, I know some spooky places. Oh. I'll tell you guys about affair. Oh, <laughs> using insider terms. And this is something that always upsets me when you've got anything said at Halloween and upset me a little bit more because of this movie and who put it out. I fucking hate generic costumes. Like in the carnival scene, you see people like walking around in costumes and it's always like the bee or a banana. Like the teacher was like, you're fucking Disney. This is a Disney movie. Where's all the seven Elsa's? It's like, yeah, just the different characters and stuff. That is a weird thing. I've never thought about that. You usually, you never see that in any kind of movies. The only one I was able to pull out of the entire one that was like a non-generic costume was just a generic Madonna costume from the 1980s. (laughs) Yeah, I guess when you you put it like that, Disney has such a, a rogue of costume characters. It is kind of baffling. You couldn't fit that in the budget somehow? <laughs> really? There are no Jack Sparrows in right. this fucking town. Come on. You're, there's no Iron Mans or any MCU characters? You kidding me? Even give me, what, Jack Skellington? Why not? Right? It's Halloween. <laughs> the best you get are Hocus Pocus costumes, <laughs> but those exist in that world already. Maybe Salem doesn't have a spirit Halloween. Or maybe they have too many spirit Halloweens, and that's why all the generic costumes are there. No, I feel like it's just strictly small little little Halloween jobs. They're like, no spirit. You do not get to take over. And at the carnival, we get to see that Tony Hale is back. He's the mayor of fucking town. David fucking Pumpkins himself. Yeah, his sweater that he was wearing. I need it. I need it so bad. It is the perfect like business professional jack-o'-lantern thing I've ever seen in my life. And... This is when Tony Hale's character is not a complete fucking reverend asshole. And the line about the mascaras. <laughs> That's my other line of dialogue I have in my notes. The concern he has over the mascara is just absolutely perfect. Mascara? Is everything okay? And Tony Hale has a p- amazing ability to go from like one emotion directly into the next and it's always something into surprise, concern, or complete, like, uh, squidward disdain. Yeah, it feels like he turns on a switch and can just ride that emotional wave no matter how he needs to. 
And then when I didn't think it could get any better, we go into the music store and Gilbert's there and it's fucking Sam Richardson. It's a full on Veep reunion going on in this movie for me. And I love some fucking Sam Richardson. I've seen him in a couple of movies. He's starting to like dip his toes into it a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like I've seen him in something before, but I have no idea what it is. But he was a delight in this movie. And he kind of runs like the magic shop in town, the little like occult shop, which it's Salem. There should be at least like 15. Like these should be Starbucks in this town. Or, Or the Walgreens, you know, an oddity on every corner. It definitely looked like a shop that I would go to, though. It looks like shops that I have been to. (laughs) It looks like a shop you would run. It looks like a shop you're going to be going to. (laughs) And Sam Richardson gives Becca and Izzy a candle to light in the sacred woods for Becca's 16th birthday. I wonder if it's the same candle from the first one that's going to summon the witches. No, it couldn't be. It's almost time for the second act. (laughs) And... As prophesized, they go out into the woods, they light the candle, and the witches come up from the ground, and immediately, immediately, into a musical number. What a fantastic intro for the Sanderson sisters. Guys, I think this part of Focus Pocus was for me. (laughs) This is where your attention perked up, Mike, and this. Yeah, oh, there's way more than Mike. Mike was great, but this was so much better. (laughs) This is my song, and then you're telling me that I can now add a spooky witchy version to my Monster Hash playlist? <laughs> oh, man, so excited. <laughs> and they make a whole mess of little, like, in-jokes about the fact that they're just sitting there dancing around and singing. Who's this for? And while all this is going on, Gilbert, the magic store owner, is out in the cemetery. He's been cursed to get all the things that the witches need for the spell or whatever. <laughs> so he's digging up Doug Jones. Which, very happy to see him awake from the dead once again. He was an absolute treat in this movie. Yeah, that little buddy comedy that was going on as like the B story yeah. between them. <laughs> Almost up to Mike level. Really? Of enjoyment for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I think I just needed a little bit more of it. There, There was not as much as I hoped for. But the Sanderson sisters find out that Tony Hale is the son of the Reverend, blah, 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 blah. So they want to fucking murder him. So they go to the carnival to murder him. And then we get another musical number. How did this one rank up to uh, Spell on You? I think Spell on You was the better musical number. But I think this was the more enjoyable musical number. What? Does that make sense? <laughs> No, (laughs) but okay. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I'm trying to (laughs) rationalize it. I really am. You love both, I think. I, I, I appreciated this one. I appreciated that they didn't go and do I Put a Spell on You Again. I think that's what I appreciated most about that musical number. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's no way you were going to beat that but this was this was really good too though yeah that was another piece that i thought was for you i mean they're in the middle of a drag show dressed as themselves well and then it's like they almost during the middle of it are creating like a cult of sanderson which is one of our favorite things on this podcast is cults (laughs) yeah and good on you small town of salem for (laughs) supporting drag shows and cults of sanderson's but at this point tony hale's been called back to the house to go break up the party that his daughter was having with fucking mike Fucking guy. 
So all the townspeople get bewitched by the the Sanderson sisters' song and start chasing after the mayor. But at this point, he's turned around and gone back to the fucking carnival because he wants his goddamn apple. Oh man! I'm d- okay, can we talk about the mayor and his caramel apple? Because I just felt so bad for him that he was never able to get it. Like I felt that pain. Like I've had that pain before. It was. It was like everything else went to shit. My day is not going well at all. But that caramel apple is gonna be waiting for me there. And then guess what? It's fucking not. And he had it in his fucking hands. And then the mob of townspeople came and it was gone. He just needed to take a bite, so he had to go to stupid Walgreens and get a Walgreens candied apple, which is one of the saddest things I've ever fucking heard. Oh, absolutely pales in comparison. Yeah, not good, not good. Because, you know, I mean, that's Salem. That's prime apple territory. Like oh, the ma- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fresh apple coming out that food truck. Yeah. That caramel apple from Walgreens. Not so fresh. That's been there since last Halloween. Oh, no. But at this point, the the witches have tracked down, like, where the mayor lived or whatever. And the way they tracked it down was fucking Mike. (laughs) The village idiot. Mike is half good and half bad all at the same time. And he doesn't even realize it. He's just pure chaos energy. (laughs) Just flying down the street like (laughs) motherfucking Naruto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a rare John snort. <laughs> I'm so mad I didn't think of that when I was when, <laughs> when he was fucking bailing down the street. <laughs> and I kid you not, when the witches busted through the door to get to Becca and Izzy at Cassie's house or whatever, and the door went down, the first thing in my head was, what the fuck happened to Mike? Like, that's the first thought. Anytime Mike was not on screen, I was literally thinking about him. Were you worried he was he wasn't gonna come back? I, I was I didn't know. How did how did Mike escape? I need a companion piece. The Mike perspective. I need the Mike cut. I didn't know you had such a strong feelings about Mike. I'm invested in Mike. Wow. He's got the Mike manual with him over there. Come I on. I mean, can we be fair? Mike had the biggest character turn of this entire movie. He found himself. At yeah, the end. Yeah, he had a lot of see, or, uh, self-realizations that he had to address. Yeah, he took a hard look at his life. I totally forgot about that scene. See? That's what I'm saying. He's good and bad all at the same time. It just doesn't, doesn't know it. Someone has to just kind of lay it out there for the guy. Fucking Mike. <laughs> Dan, I think you said it best when, when we first saw him. He, he gives off such Kevin G energy. <laughs> hundred fucking percent. Every scene. And I think more movies need a little Kevin G in them. So the sisters end up getting trapped by the group of teenage girls because they draw salt around them. Tony Hale comes home with his sad candied apple, almost fucks shit up, doesn't. Then the Roombas come, eat up all all the salt. I just want to just throw it out there. I hated the Roombas. You know what? From... A company that gave us screaming goats for way too fucking long in Thor Love and Thunder, I was fine with a couple of small scenes of the little Roombas. I try to forget about the screaming goat. What have you done? Now it's all I can hear. (laughs) Yeah, not a big fan of the Roombas either. No, I wasn't either, but at least they weren't screaming goats. (laughs) 
So the witches get out and they go down and kidnap Cassie in a fucking terrifying fucking fashion. Like Bette Midler just comes out of fucking nowhere and just snatches her up like the goddamn Green Goblin. <laughs> My mind went burn, but I should have went to foe. <laughs> and they take her out of the woods to do the sacrifice with her and the weird juice that they wanted and Doug Jones's fucking head because Doug Jones. Do you think when, the, okay, 100%. Doug Jones had to be in the body without the head still, right? He's not like at the Doug Jones level where he's like, I'm not playing the headless body. I'm Doug fucking Jones. He's not, he's at that level where he doesn't have to, but I'm sure he was still in there. So you're saying he's the one just flailing around headless? Like that's still him physically? Yeah, something he could have easily passed off to any like motion actor. I have a feeling Doug Jones still fucking did it because he's Doug fucking Jones. I hope so, because I feel like it'd be so much fun to just get paid to flail around, run into fucking trees. Yeah, sign me up for that job. Hey, what's your over-under on that? Ooh. I think Doug Jones covers the spread. <laughs> Can I create a parlay? You're going to have to add in some Andy Circus. <laughs> and the girls, Becca and Izzy, come to save Cassie out in the middle of the woods. And Becca's got witch powers too. And they're a coven and they hold hands and block magic. And I feel like I've seen this scene a lot in movies for some reason. Uh, yeah, it's something like it just in Twilight. Bella has a shield. Yeah, at least the sky portal didn't open up and, you know, CGI monsters come through it. Yeah. I don't know. Any scene that didn't have either Sam Richardson, Tony Hale, Doug Jones actively, or fucking Mike. (laughs) I just, like, didn't care about. And this was the longest, like, block of missing all of those main elements of this. Yeah, just to preface uh, to anybody listening, we probably missed some good chunks of this movie, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is the equivalent of a restaurant you go to for the appetizers. Like Applebee's? Like a motherfucking Applebee's. Like, <laughs> you know what? Their fucking Parmesan chicken ain't going to be that good. No sense getting the fucking, don't go on the entree list. But you want to get some fucking mozzarella sticks and potato skins. Half price ups. That's what this movie was. <laughs> Odd comparison. Not a two for 20. Strictly the apps. Strictly the apps. Half price, happy hour ones. After nine only, though. I mean, you understand where I'm coming from I, with no, that, right? Like 100%, this movie. Yeah. The meat of it's kind of just, eh, it's basic. It's fucking Applebee's food. Yeah. It's it's your run of the mill situation. It's. I get what you're saying. I understand. I'm just saying it was a weird comparison. <laughs> Well, here, you go to Applebee's, you know exactly what you're getting. You watch a movie like this, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, but I didn't expect those fire motherfucking apps. Didn't expect those green bean fries to be so good. Maybe I'm just, I'm conflicted on this movie. Like I said, there's so much to to enjoy. But yeah, when you forget half of the movie, is it a good movie? (laughs) Yeah, because in the end, the day is saved. The witches all get... What? They get... Snapped. <laughs> they get snapped, but here's the thing. They were just trying to kill the teenage witches, and now all of a sudden, like, oh, we're going to help you? I don't know. It's it's too Disney for me in the end. Guys, you want to know something? 
the last like maybe like 40 no maybe not 45 maybe like 30 minutes like this whole big chunk i i, I was kind of sleepy and i closed my eyes a couple <laughs> times did a little bit of time traveling a little bit i felt like yeah quantum jump to the end of the movie <laughs> I, I didn't miss much, but I was just sleepy. <laughs> Even if you were keeping your eyes open the whole time, trust me, you didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah. I was going to second that. Overall, story-wise, movie not good. There were some good performances in it, some good surprises. Yeah, really good characters, some really great dialogue, but overall kind of a forgettable movie, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, if you already have Disney+, Plus, worth a watch, why not? <laughs> but... I don't think it's re- not rewatchable. Yeah, Hocus Pocus doesn't deserve to be a holiday yearly tradition as is. Hocus Pocus 2, probably not going to be either. You're not going to be watching this next year at Halloween. But 80-year-old Bette Midler put her fucking all into her performance. She was great. Oh, absolutely crushed it. Hitting home runs left and right in this movie. Yeah. All the bit players in it, fucking great. And then the... People who were supposed to be the other leads of this movie were just kind of meh. Except for fucking Mike. I hope we get some more Mike appearances. Even if Disney just keeps using them. Just get that guy some more work, please. The new MCU. (laughs) Mike just popping up in every Disney fucking plus original movie. Halloween ends. Myers releases the mask. Who is it? It's fucking Mike. It's fucking Mike the whole time. (laughs) Mike Myers. I should have seen it coming. (laughs) Wait, you mean I've been killing people this whole time? Oh, wow. I didn't know. I have a lot of apologies to make. A lot of graves to visit. Yeah, if you're looking for a mediocre Halloween movie to watch this year, Hocus Pocus 2. Why not? Or don't. It's it's up to you. It's, <laughs> don't let us talk you into it. And that's the first episode of Spooky Season. <laughs> Hey, it had to be done. Like we said, we kind of knew what we it was going to be. Yeah, but it was a nice, light little walk into it. You know, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to start a race by just like going sixty miles an hour. You got to build up right. to it. We're, we're in a marathon. Yeah, take you know? our time. Exactly. Check out the scenery. Yeah, we're just dipping our toes in right now, and and this was a good early palate cleanser because it seems like everything else coming is kind of chaos fueled. Yeah, well, definitely chaos coming up next, because our next episode of Spooky Season, we've got a Matthew Lillard fucking classic. Uh, Matthew Lillard, podcast favorite for everybody out there. Yep, up there on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. Nice guy, Hollywood guys that we want to be the best friends with. We're going to be watching 13 Ghosts. Man, I am so excited to revisit this movie. It has been decades since I've seen it. I feel like it's going to be such a blast. Snort, I'm excited for you to give this a watch. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. I don't know anything about it. But, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I think I hope I like it. I think I will. I'm not so sure, Snort, because this one is a remake of an old movie, much like House on Haunted Hill. Oh, great. Came out in that same vein of time. Oh, greater. And it's pretty fucking gory. 
Yeah, my one concern, even for myself going in, is, especially since I haven't seen it in so long, is I really hope it stands the test of time, because there is a chance it could be like, eh, not as good as I remember. But the cast alone, I think, is good enough, and the subject matter that it involves is very interesting. So, Yeah, it's definitely stylized at the time, but I think it holds up a lot better than House on Haunted Hill does. I feel like I I can agree with that. When was the last time you watched this movie? Ooh, it's been a while. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I've only seen it as a kid. Long, long time. Yeah, this could definitely turn into a house on haunted <laughs> situation real quick, but I don't think it's going to. I have more faith in it than last time. There's, uh, I mean, we've got Matthew Lillard. We can gush about him for 20, 30 minutes if we have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you got Tony Schlub. Yeah, yeah. And you got Shannon Elizabeth of the Viewers Universe. Either way, look, we had fun with Hocus Pocus. We'll have fun with 13 Ghosts. It's going to be great. Yeah. We, hey, at least we're not watching Ghost Ship, okay? It could be worse. Oh, yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> Ghost Ship by the same uh, writer as 13 Ghosts. I, it, they always feel so similar to me. I'm always worried I'm going to get them mixed up. I always put all three of those with House on a Hill on the same little, like... Yeah, I guess. They're yeah. all old remakes of old 50s movies. Well, there you go. I haven't even heard of that other one. Oh, the opening scene of Ghost Ship is one of the best opening scenes in any horror movie ever, and then it just <laughs> goes to shit so fast. Huh. Real fast. Yeah, I'm very excited to really like get into a good, scary, jumpy, kind of <laughs> kind of scary movie. Yeah, it's been a little bit since we've watched one of those on the podcast. Yeah, it's going to really spiral us even further down into spooky season. Down into the abyss. Yeah, and now that now we've got Brave Snort, so we're not going to have any sleeping. No. No napping. Only if it's kind of boring, like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> you no longer sleep because you're scared. You sleep because <laughs> you're bored. <laughs> hey, that's progress, baby. <laughs> All right, but that's going to be our next week's episode of Spooky Season, so... If you want to spend spooky season with us and keep an eye on our spook shooteries and spooky, spooky snacks and spooky, spooky content. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Teach Sima Podcast. Make sure to give us a rating, five stars, leave a review, everything like that, everywhere, all at once. That'd be cool. All right, and that is going to do it for this week. So if you see three people being resurrected into the woods, instantly into a motherfucking musical dance number, but they're really, really high, come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay, bye. Bye. Witches out. back end we are ready let's uh cast this pod you good yeah
Did you hit yourself? <laughs> I hit my head. Did I drop my phone? It's Gilder snoring. Okay. <laughs> I'm just leaving it down there. It's fine. <laughs> Outside noise. You hear it? I'm hearing oh. something, yeah. but <coughs> Dane's a lawnmower. I don't think that's. Co- I don't. I'm not catching that in here. Cause it's getting closer. Yeah. Some. I mean, someone's definitely mowing, but we we gotta keep going then. Yeah. Cause we ain't got fun. that time for lawnmowers. Yeah. We got time for grass, but not cutting any. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Now that's something I can get behind. <laughs>